0: Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. So we're continuing in this series, Biblical Stewardship. And this morning I want to talk about accountability. And as we've gone through this series uh, what you probably discovered is that from week to week, the the sermons kind of tie together. So, um, you know, well as we as we go through this this series week to week, you'll hear some things from maybe the week before, but it ties into what we'll be talking about the next week. And so we've got a few more weeks in this series, and I appreciate your attention and attendance here because I think this is one of the uh, well, the Lord placed it on my heart several months ago to do this series and. And it ties in really well with uh, financial class. it's that's starting up next week. and and I'm hoping I know we have limited space every week or every semester that we do this financial class, but I'm hoping that every single one of us will go through that. I've seen the material and it's really good. It, it, uh, there's some real practical things there on how to put together a budget. All of us need to have a budget. And so there's just a lot of things the The scripture says that, The borrower is servant to the lender, and uh, Pastor Christina and I are debt-free, and I can tell you it's liberating to not have debt. So anyway, I just wanted to put a plug in for that and for the life groups. If you're not in a life group, uh, please sign up for the Thessalonian study or the the financial study. Um, So we're talking about accountability, and we've been talking about biblical stewardship the past few weeks. And there are three areas of biblical stewardship that we've identified. There are probably more than that, but obedience is one, generosity, and then management of our resources. Our first priority, of course, is our relationship with the Lord. And His Word and His Spirit show us how to have this relationship, a dynamic, vibrant relationship with the Lord, but also how we can navigate through life and the challenges that come our way. And although our relationship with Christ is primary, there are other aspects of our life and other things that we have to deal with. And the Word teaches us how to um, insert the biblical truths and principles into the fabric of our life so that we can go out and live it, so we can live this thing out. So, again, we're going to go through these, these couple of definitions of stewardship. Stewardship, managing someone else's resources. Our biblical stewardship is managing God's resources, God's way. As we've been talking about through this series, He owns it all. So we are just stewarding what, he, what belongs to Him that we have the opportunity to manage. So we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 25 and Luke 16. And last week, just to touch on last week a little bit, uh, the message was on prepare. And we talked about, we looked at the, the parable about uh, the ten bridesmaids, the five that were wise and the five that were unwise, and, and also how that Jesus was talking to his disciples prior to this parable that he taught about his return. And then he shares about the bridesmaids. The Lord gives us insight and direction and instructions to prepare us, to help us. And um, I think about probably about 40% of the parables that Jesus taught on dealt with money or material goods, uh, things that we deal with on a, on a daily basis um, regarding our finances and, and things like that. So Jesus gave us multiple examples to follow. He wants us to know what to do and how to do it, to live this abundant life that Jesus came to give. And the Lord expects us to be good stewards. And he, he, he tells us that we're going to be accountable. And as you know, this is not a prosperity message. This is uh, a message that, um, that we need to know so that, so that we can walk in the fullness. Um, finances, well, let me say it this way. Finances are the number one reason for divorce. And many of us know what that pressure is like to be under financial duress and where we're stressed out over financial issues. And the Bible gives us some very clear direction on on how we can avoid that, how we can live the abundant life without being stressed out about our finances. And one of the things that we should refrain from is getting into debt as much as we can. And, uh, you know, again, Pastor Christine and I uh, got out of debt a number of years ago, thank you, Lord. But we weren't always debt-free. And there were times when we had a lot of financial stress. And as you know, uh, the church is debt-free except for the property that we just bought. So it's a principle that we can implement and we can live out and not, not, uh, not sacrifice having food on the table or clothes to wear but just being good stewards. Before I get into this parable, I want to give a little bit of background. A denarius was a coin that represented a day's wages for a laborer back in Jesus' time. So it was a, a denarius was a day's uh, wage for a laborer. 10,000 denarii, which are multiple denariuses, 10,000 denarii represented a lifetime of wages for a laborer. Uh, another another way to define a lifetime of wages was a talent. So, ten thousand denarii equaled one talent, which equaled a year a, a lifetime of wages for a, a laborer. So I was I did a little bit of research, and the average wage for uh, the household in Kima is seventy three thousand dollars. So if you were to Uh, calculate that that would be about 2.2 million dollars over a lifetime if you're making 73,000 dollars a year for 30 year uh, work life so um, my first point before we get into it is are you aware of all the Lord has given you to manage now I want you to just take a couple of seconds and think about this Uh, because when we talk about stewardship and management many times we focus on money or finances. But God has given us a lot more to steward and manage than just our money. Think about your children or your grandchildren. Think about the responsibilities that you have at your job. Think about the the giftings that God has given you to make a difference and an impact in the world around you. Think about the opportunities that you have to minister and to share hope and, and life and love, with your coworkers or your neighbors, or even just going into the grocery store? are we aware of all the opportunities and all that the Lord has given us to manage? The parables Jesus taught have a physical and a spiritual application, as we talked about. Last week with the, the bridesmaids, they needed oil for their lamp, but also we talked about we need the oil of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So let's go to Matthew chapter 25, and Jesus teaching again on the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 25, 14 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a, the story of a man going on a long trip. And we'll see here in a minute, This this man was... Not only wealthy, but he was extremely wealthy. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. So there's an element of trust. This man is going on a long trip and he's saying, I'm going to give uh, some of my money to my servants. I'm entrusting them to manage my money well. And... Uh, We'll be looking at the NLT that we normally teach out of, but in the new King James version, it talks about he gives them talents. Talents are not giftings like, you know, like we would think a talent. oh, they're they're a talented keyboard player or they're a talented artist. A talent represents money, bags of money. Talents represent money for all practical purposes. Just so just so you're clear here, But uh, the NLT says bags of money. Most other versions refer to it as talents, but it's the same thing. It means finances, money. Verse 15, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. An important part here is that he distributed his resources according to what? Their abilities. So it would appear that he had some insight into their abilities and their skills. And also, he was trusting them. You know, as we just talked about, one talent is in today's society would, could equal a couple of million dollars. So one, uh, one servant got five talents. So that would be, potentially in today's economy, maybe $10 million dollars. The the one that got two would be maybe four million dollars. The one that just got one talent don't feel so sorry for him. That that could have equated to like two million dollars. The thing is, I don't want you to get hung up on the money. But what I want you to understand is that it was a significant amount of money. A talent also could be represented by seventy five pounds. Can you imagine 75 pounds of silver or 75 pounds of gold or platinum or rhodium or whatever that might be? But what I want, you to, what I want us to focus on is that he, he gave uh, valuable resources to his servants to watch over while he was away. And also, I want us to, to take note that a person that receives less to manage can still receive w- rewards as well. So God is going to reward us based on what we do with what he's given us. And so the first step is we need to be aware of what has God given me? What has God provided for me and expecting me to manage well? And again, this is much greater than money. Uh, The other thing that, that, that we may want to take note of is are we faithful in what God has given us? And notice here in this this passage of Scripture, he gives according to their abilities. So, the other thing that's really cool, I think, is he's setting them up for success. He's saying, look, I know this guy can handle five talents. So that's what I'm going to allocate to him because I know he can handle it. This other guy, okay, well, let's give him two. This other guy, well, let's give him one. So it, it's significant to understand that God is setting us up for success. He's giving us the giftings and the talents and the things that we need. He's distributing, allocating to us in a manner in which we can handle because He's wanting to set us up for success. And so as we're faithful in the little things, He'll give us more, right? But, but it's like anything else in, in your job situation. If your boss comes to you and gives you a project, and you do well at that, then there's a good possibility that He's going to give you a bigger project later down the road. So the Master trusted the servants to steward His money well. So again, my first point is, are you aware of all the Lord has given you to manage? The second point this morning is, are you faithful with all the Lord has given you? Those, are, those can be two separate things, because we can be aware of what we have, But are we faithful with the Lord's stuff and and what he's called us to do and given us to do? Let's go to Luke chapter 16, 10 through 12. Uh, Jesus talking here as well. He says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And this Greek word for faithful is pistos, and it means worthy of requiring responsibility or trust or to be held accountable. And uh, this, this word for dishonest means unrighteous. So let me read this scripture again. If you are faithful, if you are worthy of uh, responsibility or trust in little things, you will be worthy of responsibility or trust in larger things. But if you are dishonest, or if you are unrighteous in little things, you won't be honest or unrighteous in greater responsibilities. So, when I look at this scripture, I think that there's a correlation between faithfulness and dishonesty. Um, Am I honoring the Lord and His possessions? Remember, the, the Master was... Giving the servants His money. And when the Lord gives us a calling or a gifting or anointing or finances or whatever, it's it's His. Are we honoring Him with what belongs to Him? Let's consider that I loan you something valuable. And you're careless with it. And you return it back to me, and it's broken. In effect, you've shown dishonor to me. I mean, the tool that's broken—you know—it doesn't know that it's been dishonored, right? It's just a a material item. But what's dishonoring is if you return the item back to me, it's—it's really disrespectful to me. Because I trusted you with this tool or this item, whatever it was. And so I'm expecting you to bring it back in good working order. I remember a situation one time where I had borrowed a piece of equipment and somebody else wanted to borrow it before I used it. And so they talked to the owner. And even though I had the piece of equipment, this other person used the the piece of equipment and when I when I got it it was damaged because the person that had used it had damaged it well so I had to replace a part on that that piece of equipment not because I damaged it but because I didn't want to be dishonoring when I returned the piece of equipment back to the owner and so when we understand that God owns it all, are we honoring Him? Are we respecting Him? And, and we can apply that even in our daily life. If somebody loans us something and we break it, we need to fix it, right? Because that is showing honor to that person. So let's, let's read on here in Luke 16, 11. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Again, when we see these parables, there's a physical application, there's a spiritual application. And in in this particular scripture, we can see that there's stewardship and management, the physical application and the spiritual application. How well do you manage your earthly wealth? What are the true riches of heaven? What level of respect do we demonstrate to the Lord? Are we taking care of His things? Let's go back to the true riches of heaven. What do you think the true riches of heaven are? Do you think it's gold? The streets are made of gold. I mean, I think the true riches of heaven are, are God Himself, but also us, souls, people. Luke 16, 12. And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? If we're careless with people whom God loves, what does that demonstrate of our respect to Him? Remember, James 1.18 says, out of all creation, we are His what? prize possession. So are we taking care of His prized possession? Are we taking care of the things that are valuable to Him? Yeah, I think He places uh, value on monetary things, money and and things like that, but more importantly, the things that are important to him are people. I believe the things that are important to the Lord are his giftings to us that He would pour into us, gift us, not so that we have these wonderful gifts, and I'm talking spiritual gifts, but so that we go out and make a difference, so that we are able to use the giftings that He's given to us to impact a lost and dying world. Because that's what he cares about the most. Stewardship is to protect and expand the resources that have been entrusted to us. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 25, verse 16. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. Okay, so imagine again that this is $10 million just for the sake of this this discussion. What did he do? He went to work. He said, hey, look, here's an opportunity. He looked for opportunities. We don't know how he earned five more, but he did. And so uh, the, the master saw that this, this man or this servant was trustworthy, and he's demonstrating it. He didn't just say, oh, well, I've got $10 million. I'm just going to go play golf every day. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to invest this money for the master because I want to honor him. And he has honored me. By allowing me to take this large sum of money and do something with it. What an honor. Because you wouldn't give something to someone that, that, that you didn't honor, right? Or you didn't think would do well. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. What? What? Again, we could be, you know, comparing to today's economy, we could be talking about a couple million dollars. We're talking about a large sum of money. And so this one servant that got one talent buries it in the ground. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The Master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I want to I pause here for a moment because I, I learned something fairly recently. Have you ever said, well, when I get to heaven, I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter in. Or maybe you've told people that or quoted that Scripture. And I've always kind of associated that with salvation. Well good, uh, well done, thy uh, good and faithful servant. You know, you accepted Christ. You, you walked with Him. But look at where this Scripture actually comes from. It comes from right here, where He's talking about stewardship. He's talking about management of His items. So again, this parable is talking about money, but we're talking about more than that. And so when we get to heaven, we want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter in not because we have a large, money, a large amount of money in our bank account, but because we have done what God has called us to do. We've been faithful. We've been obedient. We've been trustworthy. He's been able to invest in our lives, and we've been able to take that and, and bring more people into the kingdom of God or have greater influence in, in reaching people. Sharing the hope and the love of Christ. Being examples for others to look at. And so, this Scripture is is not uh, about performance or or really even about ability or money. It's about stewardship. In the New King James, uh, Matthew 25-21 says... His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And so, whatever God has given us to manage or steward, we want to do well with it. Uh, So, my first point is Are you aware of all the Lord has given you to manage? My second point is Are you faithful with all the Lord has given you? The third point this morning is Are you leading others to Christ? and building the kingdom of God. Back to the NLT, uh, Matthew 25, 21. The Master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And again, for the sake of, of what we're talking about today, small amount. You've been faithful with a small amount. Can you imagine somebody giving you $5 million? And you're uh, are 10 million, and, and you're able to, to double that. And they say, you've been faithful with a small amount. <laughs> 10 million, 20 million is not a small amount to me. But look at what he says. He says, he doesn't say, I'll give you more money. What does he say? He says, I'll give you more responsibility. So responsibility could include handling more money. It could include the anointing of God. It could include influence. It could include a number of different things. But is stewardship of our money one of the ways the Lord is checking our heart? What if the the Lord desires to pour through you in greater measure? And again, we're not just talking about money. It could include money. You know, uh, the Bible says the first 10% of our increase belongs to him. I think that's one of the first tests that we go through as a young believer, a new Christian, is are we willing to obey and return the first 10% of our increase back to him? And then I know most of you, you tithe, and you know the blessings that come from that. and, And let me be clear, we don't give to get, we get to give to honor God. So we come to, to church on Sunday morning because we're returning the first of our week to Him. We're saying, Lord, I want to honor You. I, I want to make a commitment to be here on Sunday morning because I'm honoring You. I'm starting off my week by honoring You. Matthew 25, The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. He probably saw what happened with the guy that had five, and he's like, oh, and and me too. Me too. You gave me two bags of silver, and I earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you did not plant and gathering crops you did not cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. The problem with the servant is he didn't understand that it belonged to the master. The master gathered the crops because he owned the fields. He paid the servants to go uh, uh, get the crops and to work the fields it all belonged to him and how, how is giving two million dollars to somebody harsh <laughs> I mean I think that's pretty generous to say hey I'm going to give you a couple of million dollars to invest I don't think that's harsh the, the servant with one bag had the wrong perspective he had the wrong attitude He had the wrong heart. How many people are blessed by God, yet have a nasty attitude toward Him? How many people have the wrong perspective of God and His love and His blessings? And again, hear me, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the gift of life. I'm talking about clothes on our back. For those of us that have been to a third world country, we know how blessed we are to live in this nation that we take for granted. Matthew 25, 26. But the Master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I did not plant and gathered crops I did not cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. The master wants to see increase. The master wants to to impart and give to those that are trustworthy. Someone that honors him. Someone that recognizes that that God owns it all, and he can, he can give to us whatever He desires. But He wants to give to those who are trustworthy and, and good stewards of what He's given and are able to use those resources to draw people to Him and to build the kingdom of God. Verse 29 says, "...to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given." And they will have an abundance. So even uh, what we have, if, when we use it well, and I know, I know of several personal examples where people have been given tremendous giftings of God. Tremendous. I mean, I've seen them walk in the power and the dominion and authority and the giftings of God. Prophetically, uh, just God pouring through their lives. Healing, things like that. But yet, I've seen some of those people walk away from God. And the Word says that the Lord doesn't uh, take away our gifts. But He can take away the anointing. And the anointing is where the power is. I mean, as as a drummer, there have been times when I have played uh, in praise and worship services, and the anointing of God is so strong. I mean, it is powerful. And I've gone back and listened to some of those recordings. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't even know how I did that. That is beyond the scope of my ability. And I'd have to listen to it. I'm, how did I do that? But that's what I'm talking about. When, when God gifts us, we, ha- we can have some natural giftings, right? You know, people that maybe have, have the ability to paint well or sing well. And some of us that don't have that gifting. Now, I can rap. No, I'm just kidding. I won't, I won't do that. But but it's the anointing of God that really takes that to another level, and uh, one of the reasons I, I love to watch The Voice is because when you see those people get up and they're singing, the ones that are are are, are really impactful and powerful are the ones that are passionate about what they're doing. They're singing from their heart. And most of them, a lot of them are, are very gifted. But but the point I'm trying to make, the correlation I'm trying to make here is, is we should be passionate about the things of God and the things that He's passionate about. And we should be willing to give the gifts that He's given to us back to Him and then ask for the anointing because the anointing is where the power really flows. So to those who use well what they're given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But those... From those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This sounds like hell. (laughs) Darkness, weeping, gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound like heaven. Let's go back to the beginning scripture in Matthew 25, 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip where he said, Hey, I'm leaving, but I'm going to allocate some things to you that I want you to take care of. And Jesus left to go on a long trip. What will he find when he returns? Uh, we know that one day we will all stand before God and we will be accountable. Now, those of the, us that have accepted Christ, we're not going to be uh, standing there for judgment. We already have salvation. But I think there's going to be an accountability for what God has given to us and how we've used those resources. I want to I hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter in. And as I've shared with you before, you know, as a pastor, uh, Hebrews, I think it's 13, 17, says that pastors will be accountable to God for how they lead their churches. Pray for me. <laughs> but I take this role very seriously. And all of us are going to be accountable. How are you dealing with your children, your grandchildren, the job opportunities that, that God has for you, your finances? Are we honoring God? In all that we do? Are you aware of all the Lord has given you to manage? This week, I want you to think about these these three questions. I want you to think about, okay, Lord, what have you given me stewardship over? And ask him, say, Lord, bring to my mind the things that you've given me stewardship over. And then I want you to ask a second question: Lord, have am I faithful with what you've given me? Have I been faithful? Am I being faithful? And then, am I leading others to Christ? Am I building the kingdom of God? As an ambassador of the kingdom of God? As a representative of the kingdom of Christ? Am I, am I doing what's pleasing to you? And I'm not talking about getting religious and, and legalistic. I'm talking about this relationship that we talk about so often. Lord, am I so connected with You that I'm hearing what You're saying. uh, saying, I'm seeing what You're doing. I'm aware of what You want me to do. I'm faithful in what You want me to do. And does my life reflect the love of Christ when people see me?